Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, I will admit things do not look great for Kyle Shanahan right now. He seems <laughs> by the close but no cigar coach of the moment. He has been in uh, two Super Bowls here as a head coach and not gotten it done. Of course, lost uh, as a coordinator. The famous 28-3 Atlanta loss to New England. But, Maggie, you have to look at the other side of the field in the Super Bowl. Andy Reid was that guy forever. So I'm not giving up on Kyle Shanahan, and neither is Las Vegas. The San Francisco 49ers are the favorites heading into next season, despite what happened at the end of Sunday's game. Is this ridiculous? Is Vegas, is are they trolling us? Are they trying to get money here? Or <laughs> is San Francisco the legitimate favorite? I, I really don't see how you don't hand it back to the Chiefs. I mean, haven't the Chiefs proven that they can win this thing in a hundred different ways? And most recently, this one, which is having the best defense and having Patrick Mahomes and the offense be basically second fiddle to the defense all year until, you know, when it mattered most when you get the ball second in overtime. Listen, for, for Kyle, you'd be sick for the guy, except for the fact that you can't help but blame him as well. You know, these are not games where he's gone in and the talent has been such a disparity that his team is getting blown off the field. Instead, it's actually when you need the coach both uh, play calling and scheme to take you home and in this case, maybe attention to detail, and he's and he's failed. Like, you know, these are never going to be easy games. And I'm not saying that Kyle's not a good coach and that he'll probably win one. He's only 44. He can do this for a long time if he doesn't burn himself out. But to ask him to try to give yourself every advantage possible when you've got Patrick Mahomes on the other side is not too much to ask on this big stage. And they came up snake eyes. I totally understand what you're saying, but look at – Look at how close the teams were this year. What, what direction are the teams heading? Let's be honest about this. The Chiefs have major, major free agent decisions. They have to pay Chris Jones. Uh, they have to pay a lot of guys, especially on this defense, which was great this year. And Mahomes does take a sort of a team-friendly deal, but he eats up a lot of cap. Travis Kelsey's 34. Andy Reid's 65. The Niners, I know that they're, they, haven't, they don't have to pay Brock Purdy, so basically they can keep almost all their high price down. They might lose Brandon Ayuk, but they lost him during the Super Bowl because he was not even there. He had no impact whatsoever. I look at the Niners' schedule. It's really hard next year. They have all the good teams. I think they're going to stomp all of them in San Francisco. They have Kansas City in San Francisco. I will bet right now they win that game, Maggie. I think they're going to be they're going to have a great defense next year and still an explosive offense with Brock Purdy a year older. I don't see why they wouldn't be back. 
listen, they could be back. They can be in the mix. They can be in the hunt. All that is fine. That's no longer what we are judging the 49ers or Kyle Shanahan on. It's not can you get there. It's can you win it. But who's, and, who's more likely to be back in the Super Bowl, the Niners or the Chiefs? Well, I don't, I don't, so I don't know how you can bet against the Chiefs for anything. Anything. They just showed you that they can go on the road throughout the playoffs. Well, I know they got the Miami Dolphins at home in the divisional round, but they can go on the road, excuse me, wild card round. They can go on the road for the divisional, go on the road for the AFC championship game. I mean, the Ravens were the strongest team in the NFL, especially in the AFC, and they embarrassed them. I, I, I just don't know why we keep Ooh. making the same mistake that we would be betting against the Chiefs when they've just shown you exactly who they are. I don't know. I, I think you're going to have six months of the Ravens sitting there stewing, saying, oh, man, I cannot wait to get that Chiefs team back on the field. Maybe it's a mistake. I just think there's so much sound in the AFC that anything could happen next year. And the Chiefs, yes, they are a two-time defending champion, first repeat champion since the Patriots in 04. But it's, it's not easy for them, and it's just going to get harder and harder. I think they're going to have trouble keeping this defense together next year. And, you know, then McDuffie is going to get have to get paid, too. It's a salary cap issue. I'm not sure that uh, that a three-peat is going to be as easy. We're saying if they do become the first team to three-peat, would they be the greatest dynasty ever? That's a gigantic if, especially with what's happening this offseason. It is, but it, listen, I'd rather be the Chiefs and have to deal with the issues I have, still knowing that I do have Mahomes, Andy Reid, and I know I have Kelsey for at least one more year. I would rather have the Chiefs' problems than the 49ers' problems. What are the 49ers' problems? The 49ers' problems are they cannot win the big one. And the more these things add up and the more the sort of scar tissue, it can do one of two things. Either it makes you more battle-tested or it can break you. And I don't know which way the 49ers are going to go, but all I know is that we're talking about what happened in overtime with Kyle Shanahan, and he's not going to live this down for a while. And you want to know why? Because none of the explanations that he's giving add up. None of them. Yeah. So you find yourself in overtime against the Kansas City Chiefs, a game you led, gave up the lead, got it back. It's a back-and-forth thing. Now you go to OT. The new overtime rules, the fact that guys on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball did ha- had no clue what the rules were. were. Meanwhile, the Chiefs knew yeah. exactly what was going on, all the ifs, ands, or buts of what would happen with all the different scenarios. And then on top of that, Kyle Shanahan's logic there is flawed. He said he wanted to take the ball first because he was playing for the third possession. He wanted 49ers to score, Chiefs to answer with a score, and then sudden death, he wanted to kick a field goal. Well, newsflash, Patrick Mahomes said that if it had come down to the 49ers score a touchdown and then the Chiefs counter with a touchdown, they were going for two. So he might have won the Super Bowl anyway if that two-point conversion fails, but he also handed the advantage to the Chiefs that is something you don't get over very soon. Well, first of all, the Chiefs were winning that game either way, no matter who was getting the ball first, in my opinion, because Patrick Mahomes was not going to lose. Second, I mean, they would have scored so quickly on the Niners' defense at that point. It was so gas. The Niners were not offering any resistance to the end. So that meant Brock Purdy would have had to get down the field, which he obviously could not do because they they would have been fourth and four if they'd gone for it. They probably would not have made it because things were not trending well in that in that exact moment. But here's the I think Shaden's getting better. He was trailing 13-10 to the defending world champion, and his team was poised as all get-out. Brock Purdy came down with his best drive of the game, down 13-10. You know, I, I think he's taking baby steps towards winning this thing. Uh, you know, he blew a lead in his, blew a gigantic lead against the Patriots. Then he blew a, blew a smaller lead against the Chiefs in the first Super Bowl. Then he actually came back in the fourth quarter of this one. If you look at the trend, it's trending up. And the other thing, too, 
here's what's different. The 49ers got here with a defense that underperformed more than any unit in the entire NFL. 32 teams. There's no reason this 49ers defense is not single-handedly winning games. Last year they were. Last year they were terrifying opposing quarterbacks. Something happened where Steve Wilkes just did not jive with this defense at first, and teams like Baltimore were just ripping them apart. What if the Niners' defense played up to its capability? I think they could be 14-3, and be the number one seed, and come in just on a roll into the playoffs. Unlike last year, where for some reason their defense was not good. What if they fix that? Okay, well, I mean, fine. You want to talk that they did have a great defense before Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryans, and you know Steve Wilkes. It didn't. It didn't look the same. They also, you know, did lose one of their big defensive players in this game, which was Dre Greenlaw right before halftime, which changed things a little bit, especially for Kelsey. As far as like is is um, Kyle Shanahan getting better at this? I, I don't really know if I can meet you there. I mean, nothing will be worse maybe than the twenty-eight to three. I mean, that's going to be an all-time that will live forever. But were they really that much better? I mean, the, yeah, I mean team 10, you get I, the bad special teams gaffe. Maybe that's a little fluky, but you're talking about A little about fluky. Two, it hit a guy in the ankle. What does that have to do with Kyle Shanahan? Well, I'm just saying you have two, the two of the big game-changing plays. First of all, you knew Moody was going to be a bit of a wild card all season long. He was nailing 55 yarders, but missed an extra point that definitely impacted the game and the math of the game and the anatomy of the Chiefs comeback. The dude got also, a hand up. It was a blocked extra point. That's on you, the coach? No, this is well, Jay Feely said it was on Moody and he was he was dicey all year long. The other part is McDuffie unblocking Chris Jones unblocking two major third down plays that led to field goals instead of going for touchdowns. I mean, everyone and their mom yeah. knew that Spagnolo's bringing extra pressure there and somehow that was a news flash to Kyle Shanahan. I mean, how are you not trying to account for who's going to be blocking who? So why aren't you ripping Andy Reid right now for that bungled timeout situation? Reid made a ton of mistakes on Sunday, too, and we're not we, saying anything bad about him. We ripped Andy Reid for a decade right, about so rip his him, best. Rip him now. And no coach is going to come out there with a perfect game. You don't think Bill Belichick has made key mistakes in games? Of course he has. Perloff, but why would I rip the winning coach? Because right, but... But you're saying because the better team won, I'm just saying you're ripping Shanahan because he lost, right? Or you? I'm rip- yes, I'm ripping Shanahan because he lost, and I'm ripping him for you're saying he's getting better at this, and I'm not so sure that that's the case because we also had some bad penalties that stalled 49er drives, and I think you listen. Right, that's not how the coach because Trent Williams grabbed a guy's jersey. No, that was early on. I'm talking about you know even in overtime. I, I just that's I think not how the coach to be. Yeah, penalties are on coaching. That that we blame coaches all the time for penalties and they for had six penalties teams playing for 40, undisciplined. I don't know. I you think the Niners looked undisciplined in that game? I I thought first of all, I, I think the Niners were struggling a little bit coming to that game, and I thought Shanahan had them prepared. I, I think his first fifteen calls were great as always. Then McCaffrey, the most reliable player ever, fumbled the ball. How is that on the coach? Well, I I didn't say that was on the coach, but if I'm going in overtime and I have second and ten, the second play in overtime. False start by Ayuk. Then you get a gift on third and 13 with yeah. McDuffie with the holding call. And then you're on second and two, and it's offensive holding. That's a 10-yarder. And, and how's that you- on the coach? Perloff, we talk about penalties being on coaching. Do we not? 
Okay, well, if that's the case, who then Andy Reid is one of the worst coaches because I think Jawan Taylor set the all-time record for holds this year, right? Yeah, it, which was another reason why people were doubting the Chiefs throughout the season and look at what they did in the biggest game. Right, they're then, doubting him because of talent. Not, they, they think they had to cobble together with their salary cap. They had to cobble together this tackle unit with Jawan Taylor and Donovan Smith. And they said, you know, these guys aren't talented. They didn't say Andy Reid's a bad coach because they're getting all kinds of penalties. We often point to coaches, and we do this with Mike McCarthy with the Dallas Cowboys, we do this a lot, where teams that are penalized and penalized in bad spots, we do bring that back to coaching and ask if they're prepared. And then the ultimate thing you go to with Shanahan is winning the toss in overtime and whether or not you know his logic was sound about deciding to have the ball first. I mean, to totally absolve Kyle Shanahan, I think, would be a mistake. You want to say none of this was his fault? No, I'm just saying he's getting closer. He's got, ah, I feel no. like the momentum, no, of course, yeah, I don't think the overtime really, to me, it did not decide the game. I think Kansas City was winning anyway. That's just how I viewed the game. But I do think Kyle Shanahan is learning, and I do think at 44, he's going to win one of these. And I think it could be next year, because I think the Lions, to me, are a huge threat in the NFC. If they could get past the Lions, who match up really well with them, I think they could get to the Super Bowl again. So I understand them being the favorite. I think it's going to be hard for the Chiefs. Well, Chiefs have a lot of issues right now, roster-wise. Hold on one second, though, right? We were just talking about the, in the moment, right? In the Super Bowl, the inevitability of Mahomes, right? And how it, it felt like fait accompli, that he's going to be able to score when he needs to score. If the ball's in his hands with any amount of time left, then Mahomes is going to come through. Why wouldn't we apply that to next year when you're thinking about who the Super Bowl champions Because be? Okay, so they were 11-6 and six this year. Um, I'm not sure they do any better than that. I just think that they're sort of messing with – fire going on the road all the time in the playoffs. Yes, they could go another run and they're hard to bet against, but the reality is uh, there's going to be a lot of challengers in the AFC. I think it's going to be hard to get through that AFC playoff picture, much harder than it was this year because everything cleared out injury-wise. They happen to remain completely healthy except for Joe Tooney, which is rare, and then everybody else got injured. How do we know, you know, as pro football focus would say, that's injury luck, and that does not repeat year to year. I think a lot had to go right there, and I'm not sure it all goes right next year. Um, I mean, I get what you're talking about. I, I think the Ravens felt like they were pretty much full strength to me. And yeah, but also, Meg, one thing. Home. Don't you think that the Ravens get another chance they could win that game? I, I don't, I'm don't. i at the wait and see here for yeah. Lamar. I, I, I'm sorry. I, two MVPs and two playoff wins. Something about this is, does not add up to me. This is the Giannis. This is Jokic. This is, you know, the guys who won MVPs before they won titles. We question them. I think it's fair to question Lamar. Well, I think that also the coaching staff in Baltimore, I think, kind of blew that game by going away from the run. Zay Flowers doesn't have those couple, you know, doesn't fumble at the goal line. Maybe things change differently. Uh, but it's not just him. Remember, Joe Burrow is going to be back, who is not afraid of the Chiefs. Uh, I think Cleveland could be a factor next year. There's a lot going on. I think C.J. Stroud and the Texans might be here for I know that's, the you know, rookie salary cap uh, team, rookie salary cap quarterback. I just think there's a lot going on in the AFC. I don't think this is easy. I understand why they put San Francisco above Kansas City in the odds. I think. Sorry, I think one thing I would say, though, in terms of the talent, while the AFC is stacked, the teams that the Niners got to worry about, we saw them have problems with in these playoffs. Like who? The Packers. The Lions. Those are two, the two yeah. the teams that will be factors next year, and they struggled mightily. They probably should have lost both of those games. The Chiefs controlled every game they played in the playoffs against teams that we thought were supposed to be real challenges. Dominated the Dolphins. Bills was a was a tough, good game. 
but they were in control and they won that game. They controlled the game against the Ravens. Like as much as I really do love those teams in the AFC, think they're going to be they're going to be a challenge. I can't also ignore that the Niners struggled mightily with the teams in the NFC that are supposed to be problems next year for them. But it's like the Patriots. The Patriots were the best team, right? You'd never bet against Tom Brady. But eventually, if you play games that are coming down the wire every time, not all those games are going to go your way. Right, but I mean the Niners, that's, but yeah, but the Niners played those games. I mean, the Chiefs, the AFC playoffs, they only played one close game. It wasn't like they played these nail biters against the Dolphins and the Ravens. They, they crushed those teams. It was the Niners that were winning by the skin of their teeth. So when we talk about next season, and you talk about the Lions and Packers, two teams that are young teams that we think will improve, that would concern me a little bit. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Okay, you are welcome to weigh in on this sort of Kyle Shanahan getting a a massive heaping dose of blame pie for the loss to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Obviously, there were a lot of factors here, but how much are you putting on Shanahan, especially for the overtime debacle? We get to that and so much more, including got people calling each other out here in different sports, calling out the fans, so much to do, and also some big quarterback news with one Super Bowl contender. All the latest for you in just moments. It's Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio. Back on Maggie and Perloff, I am going by the Pete theory of who's a loser and who's a winner. There's one winner, the Kansas City Chiefs, and then there's 31 losers. That's right. Including, including the San Francisco 49ers. And I guess I'm not alone. I think it's time to introduce a new game here on Maggie and Perloff. Can you explain? All right. We're going to call this one Cooler Corny. And actually, EJ is going to toss up something that's going on in sports. We'll tell you if this move is cool or whether this move is corny. Okay. So Eagles player and Perloff's guy, Fletcher Cox, had a very interesting exchange. Or really wasn't an exchange, but an interesting post on IG. So he went to Instagram after the Niners lost. And had a lot to say for Debo Samuels. He posted, I am going to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven clown emojis. And then wrote, at 19 problems, that's Debo's handle. Keep the eagles out your mouth, boy. And then had one, two, three, four, five laughing emojis. He then posted another Instagram story saying, I still got some some you ain't got. Of course, talking about a, uh, a Super Bowl championship. Yeah, I've been holding this one in son EAD don't know what EAD means but uh oh I know what that means now okay well it, it's, a, <laughs> yeah, it's it's explicit, I know what it means but um <laughs> oh, I don't know the word so I, I think I'm good I don't think you have to dump it but uh yeah <laughs> that was I actually literally learned what it was as soon as I like said it I was like oh I know what that means now okay so anyway yeah. Fletcher Cox going after Debo Samuel after the Niners lose is that cool or corny go first okay. back Okay, well, this is, remember, this is retaliation because Debo had kind of started it with some other things he had said uh, about the Eagles. This has been going on for a while. Um, Calling out your opponent after the fact because they lost in the Super Bowl when you're not playing in the Super Bowl is beyond corny. I know that Fletcher Cox is a champion and did win with the Eagles in 2017, but you're home on the couch you can't then be reveling in somebody's misery when they at least were playing in the game and you weren't. Yeah, but I'm going to have to side with my guy here because he's on the Eagles and Debo's on the Niners. But one thing, <laughs> Debo was coming after James Bradbury. 
Debo was unnecessarily talking about the Eagles, and according to the Bilotti theory, they both ended up in the same exact place. So I understand Fletcher Cox's uh, sentiment. I'm going to say cool if there's a caveat. Fletcher Cox comes back next year because we're not sure if he's going to be an Eagle again. <laughs> if he comes back and kicks the Niners' butt, then this is cool. If he's retiring, I'm not sure what to make of this. Does that affect the your decision here on cool versus corny? No. Nope. <laughs> not even a little I bit. Think, I think he's retiring. That's actually definitely way more corny. <laughs> I know. I got to admit, if he retires and it's calling That'd be terrible. out Tebo, and he's never going to have to tackle him again the rest of his life, that is a bit corny. It's, it's corny because they're both losers. <laughs> oh, that's it. Bilotti, stop. They are. No tears have, here. They're both losers. They're not, not champions right now. Now we have so, the name of Pete's sixth book, which is They're Both Losers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come in and losers. say, I just finished the New York City Marathon. Did you win? What do you mean, did I win? No. Then you're a loser. It's a different thing. I, we've said we this. Were, the yeah. marathon is very different than the NFL. The fact that you're even explaining that to me shows how stupid your argument is. Of course, <laughs> everybody's the same kind of loser. Are they, is Debo Samuel holding up a Vince Lombardi trophy? No, he's a loser. At least he's in the building with a Vince Lombardi. Oh, Does fine. that mean he's a Carolina Panthers? You know how many people are in Tiffany's that when they look at the Lombardi trophy? There? <laughs> Amazing. I, I think, here's what I'll say. I, 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 think, I think this is very, very corny. Here's why. And I'm actually I'm actually now reading also our uh, good friend Zach Gelb. Apparently he talked to Fletcher and said this off air that he had beef with Debo Samuel still. Good friend. Um but good friend that you just shared his off air story. Yeah. <laughs> no, he tweeted it. Oh, okay. He tweeted it. I'm not yeah, come yeah. on, I would not do that to Zach. Okay, go ahead. No, he, he tweeted literally under the post that John Clark from uh, NBC Sports in Philly posted. Anyway, uh his bogus puts on the, the hat that Zach brought back for him. Um <laughs> no, I, good I luck this, getting the headphones around that yeah, bogus. Good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> he put it inside the hat, which is hilarious. That was my first thought, but the uh the the hat's actually too stuffed for the headphones. No, but I think this Zach Gelb story makes this worse for Fletcher because he should have said, you know what? That guy's a loser. He's always been a loser, and he ain't going to win the Super Bowl because he's a loser. To come out as soon as they lose and say, ha-ha, I knew this was going to happen. Uh, I'll take a little sting out of this. There's one thing I'm certain of. Fletcher Cox was on Radio Row last week. I would like to see you guys say that was corny to Fletcher Cox's face. I saw that, man. <laughs> I will. You will, Bilotti? Okay, Maggie, oh, yeah. you saw him, too. And would you say it to his face? I'm not j- saying Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I say, nice to meet you, Mr. Cox. Great season. <laughs> I, I, I'll ask him for a picture. He'll probably say, nah, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> That's the theme. EJ's not getting photos with anybody. <laughs> yeah, Bogus, if you came up to him in your big Niners hat, he would have knocked that right off your head. <laughs> and everyone would have cheered. Uh, these hats are ridiculous. You guys are both wearing them now. YouTube.com slash CBS Sports Radio and Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio. I have yet to see one person. This, we're talking about these big hats, you know, that um, – who was it? Um, Brian Robinson, right? Yeah, Brian yes, Robinson, Brian the commander's right. running back. So he's the one who wore it, and I would actually – I wouldn't say this to Brian Robinson's face because he's been through a lot and overcome a lot, including getting shot and living and coming back and playing well that season. He doesn't deserve a lot of criticism. But even Brian Robinson couldn't make this hat look cool, let alone Bogish and Perloff. There's nobody. I've yet to see anybody who makes this hat look good. Well, If you had that hat today, you would have been here. (laughs) <laughs> oh wow! How do we Bilotti keep Maggie in Jersey all the time? Just taking <laughs> shots. Yeah, I would. I, honestly, that hat's bigger than the car that I would drive into the office today. Had I made it in, put the hat on the car. 
<laughs> like the bullpen car from right. uh, the Cleveland team. Driving down the street. That was chapter four of Peopleati's latest masterpiece. They're both losers, yeah. or is it? They're all losers. What's your latest book? Well, no, there's two. Vo- there's two uh, uh, books. There's they're, they're both losers, and they're all losers. <laughs> <laughs> We're sitting on a gold mine here. Wait, right. someone's oh. got to be the winner, though, right? No, yeah, Pete. No, that's not my book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There are no winners in Pete's book. I document losers. That's yeah. it. Pete, 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 is only, Pete is an expert on the things he knows. Losers. I wow. document losers. <laughs> Jets, Mets at all squares. That's right. You, oh, gosh. This mid-third quarter. This. What was your tweet, Bilotti, about the Super Bowl? Uh, it stinks. You, there's a few things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, someone spending 15 paychecks to sit in the upper deck to watch a, a bunch of uh, uh, punts and uh, fair catches and, fair catches <laughs> and one touchdown and one touchdown. Not it wrong. worked down the end though. Yeah, yeah. No, it only cost you 15 paychecks, but hey, you saw the, the Chiefs win again. <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat for a month, but I hope you right. enjoy that. Uh, Bogus has headlines. Yes. Uh, yeah, and speaking of losers, the Steelers took a big step towards winning Super Bowl Fifty Nine <laughs> yesterday, releasing QB Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Two others shown the door as well, creating thirteen million dollars of cap space. Trubisky threw eight glorious touchdowns, ten picks, none of which were his fault in 12 <laughs> appearances over two seasons for Pittsburgh. They should have a parade in Pittsburgh for that move. <laughs> in- <laughs> but how is it that the former number two overall pick is significantly worse than Mason Rudolph? Mason Rudolph came in and won three of his last four. I mean, the Steelers asked the same question. That's why they brought in Trubisky. Yeah. <laughs> now, Mason Rudolph is being allowed to leave in free agency. They didn't have to get rid of him. They had to get rid of Trubisky. So Mason's not sticking around either, apparently. Oh, is that for sure? Yeah. One thing I don't understand about Trubisky used to be, it'd be third and 10 and he'd throw an eight-yard pass for a completion. Now, with the Steelers, he throws a six-yard pass where the receiver's eight yards. He can't even complete the eight-yard pass. <laughs> he was so bad. I've never seen a quarterback get worse like that, and he got so much worse. Yeah, uh, the Steelers' quarterback situation is going to be one of the best to follow. I mean, it, If they bring in Ryan Tannehill and mm-hmm. say mission accomplished, I feel like we're going to feel the reverberations from Western Pennsylvania in our studio. Uh, Minshew is the best target for them. They want Kenny. They're not going to bring in anybody good. They want Kenny Pickett to start because a GM <laughs> wants his pick to pay off. Uh-huh. How'd that work with Trubisky with the trade? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I guess they signed him in free agency. But here's the thing. You have an opportunity here where Justin Fields could be on the market. How do you not try to make a play for Fields? I I can't understand that. Because you want Kenny Pickett to work. Well, how's that going? Now the GM will be unemployed by uh, next year. <laughs> yeah, it's it's in the Fields thing is is he's shown he can play in cold weather. He plays in Chicago, so you think going from AFC NFC North to AFC North that that would be you know no problem for him. I know those defenses in the AFC North are hellacious, but. I don't get it. I don't. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I mean, come on. Like, I know they have so much talent on that offensive side. I mean, Johnson, uh, Pickens, Warren, Harris. You. Well, can't, I like. I, what is the one like, problem on. with Fields? What is the problem with Fields? You're not going to get the Take ball sacks. to George Pickens if the yeah he takes sacks. He will not right. release. He won't let it rip. And here's my worry: you need a great offensive coordinator like an Eric Bieniemy to work with Justin Fields. Is whatever's going on in Pittsburgh that answer? Is that what you well, want for Justin Fields? Well, well, the guy I've been calling for, and I said it on this show a couple months, maybe last month, the guy I would trade for if I was Pittsburgh is Russell Wilson. Now, the salary cap situation is a nightmare, and maybe they he could readjust his salary or they could figure that out. 
Maybe they wait till after June 1st when it's not so bad. And I know it's late in the summer, but that may be what they have to do. But you get Russell Wilson, those kind of weapons. I think he could be serviceable. And serviceable is really all they need because they have everything else on offense and their defense is still really good. But do you trust Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator? No. I, I know when that hire came down, your face was not so excited. Well, I mean, the thing about Arthur Smith is at least he does line up a little bit with what it looks like Pittsburgh wants to do, which is run the ball. I mean, he ran the ball with Derrick Henry. If they if that's how they want to, you know, focus the offense, listen, your your wide receivers are going to complain, but maybe they don't care about but that. But why? But that's not working. The Mike Tomlin run the ball and win with defense. Aren't we getting over that? Well, I'm just telling you what they want to do. I'm not telling you it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. So in, in non-Victor Webinyama NBA news, the T-Wolves stormed through L.A. last night for a 121-100 decision over the Clippers. Steph Curry hit five fourth-quarter threes to lead the Warriors to a 129-107 win in Utah. The Sixers snapped the Cavs' nine-game win streak, 123-121, and the Bucks hammered the Nuggets, 112-95. Milwaukee back-to-back wins by a combined 53 points. It takes a lot to get golf mentioned on the show. Can I offer you some angry players, embarrassed organizers, and drunk and rowdy fans? The Phoenix Open's a real-life Billy Madison tour event. It got too crazy last weekend. The tourney stopped letting fans in at one point Saturday, stopped selling beer as well because things were so out of hand. Here's Zach Johnson running out of patience with heckling fans. Can you hear him? Just shut up. Uh, how about yeah. Billy Horschel? Buddy, when he's over, shut, shut the hell up, man. The group that runs this event sounds like some kind of, I don't know, underground, like Freemason thing, the Thunderbirds. This is their <laughs> executive director, Chase Cosby. We've got 365 days to fix this. So I think that you will see um, a complete operational change of how we manage uh, really our Friday and Saturday, uh, but the in, the entire week. Yeah, I'd suggest the entire week needs to be scaled back just a little bit. And I guess there's some logistical issues, too. They don't have enough entrances or concession stands. So people were <laughs> pissed about being online, yeah. which made them angry. <laughs> it had rained, so there was mud and places where you would normally stand. So there was less grass to watch the gulf from and all hell broke loose and it was embarrassing yeah last year i was there it was super Bowl week. Right. we were in phoenix i saw 20 frat guys beat a guy to a bloody pulp and then run away before the cops could get there and it was like barely even noticeable in all the chaos there of course Is i was it? in my fancy suite so i was fine so <laughs> <laughs> from your ivory tower yeah. Yeah. don't get your Ralph's sweat like- on me i was eating i was eating shrimp <laughs> with the, the executives of DraftKings, saying wow we the, have four the rabble really ra- the rabble really get nuts down there the peons Pearl's like somebody help that guy <laughs> <laughs> not let, me let, let them eat cake yeah. i'm like well. where yeah i did i did have some issues i couldn't find the cocktail sauce for my fifth round of shrimp <laughs> <laughs> You did get the fancy porta potties, though. I remember that from part of your story. Oh, that... well, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, Meg. Okay, I don't think you have to be Einstein to figure this one out. Everyone's blackout drunk, yeah. which is why they're yelling at the golfers and having no regard for the rules of the sport. You know, maybe that's part of it. It's not exactly, you don't have to be Sherlock Holmes to figure this one out. I thought the golfers embraced that uh, waste management thing. They probably got too much. Yeah. But by the way, Maggie's right. There was. <laughs> 
it was a situation. It was a tale of two porta potties at the waste management open. <laughs> the first time I had to go to the bathroom, I went to the public one. It it was bad. It, it was real bad. Oh, no. It's one of the worst port buys I've ever been in. Then I came back up, and somebody's like, you know, they have the uh, you know the, the upper crust to get this one over here. And I went into a porta potty. It was it was the only nice porta potty I've ever been in. It smelled nice, like lilacs. Uh, there was no uh, dead bodies. There was an attendant in there. Flowers are on yeah. frolicking in the fields. Couldn't yeah. buy heroin like the other bathroom, but otherwise it was great. Yeah. The other bathroom was like Chernobyl. This bathroom was like. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I missed that one. Where are your drugs? Oh, yeah. That's the downstairs bathroom. Yeah. I mean, you ever you ever been in a porta potty where you actually were doing your business and afraid that some like a crane was going to pick it up and take you away, or somebody was going to run it? Like I'm right like I'm going to end up if I go into this porta potty, I'm going to be a viral video at some point. <laughs> I've risked an accident to not use a porta potty because it was so heinous. Yeah, like, yeah. Just, you know, I'll wing it. We'll see what happens. Uh, oh, my gosh. I love how you think that they could roll a crane in <laughs> in about a time. Yeah, yeah. It and would you take it. for you. Beep, beep, oh, man. Beep. And by yeah, the way, I don't that? want to hear it for men having to use the porta potty. Oh, here we go. No <laughs> sympathy whatsoever. Uh-huh. Just hover. You're fine. You can stand. I mean, I can stand too, but it's going to burn my quads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's more of a squad. I, I think. have two daughters, by the way, and my I remember the conversation about how to use a public bathroom for my wife. Yeah, like you don't touch anything if you don't have to, right? I assume that's a rule we all have. Yes. Yeah. Right, oh yeah. We and got you got to keep your eyes up too, because I don't want to accidentally catch a glimpse of what's down below oh. because I'll never be able to eat again. Well, the men and the porta potties have that little side thing you can use, so you don't have to look. I, this guy grows. No, right? Now, is that a new development, or I, was I slow to notice like the urinal on the side of the wall? Of the you weren't body? using that. No, I've never used that either. Yeah. No, you you use that so you don't have to look down into the the pit of despair. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that's a thing. It's, I'm, Water, it's I'm learning new information right now. Yeah, I think it's a new-ish development, okay. that, or it's a you know the fancier ones have like a side shoot. I mean, my mom used to do street events, and we would go to. The worst, you know, public bathroom situations I could find, you know, you know, street fair festivals or whatever. And I'm 11 years old, nine years old, going to these things and thinking, wow, I've seen the worst that humanity has to offer. Yeah, New York City. Yeah, Bad. yeah, exactly. So I mean, <laughs> there's another option in the porta potty. I'd gladly take it. I don't remember that as a kid though. Just DJ, I street. like this as an icebreaker. The next time you see Jamar Chase, make sure that you ask him for a photo after this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you I'm in the porta potty in New York, Jamar. It's real bad. <laughs> By the way, can I get a photo? Nah, I'm good. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I understand you're good. You're a multi-million dollar NFL player. <laughs> it's it's me who needs the photo, not you. Imagine if he was like, actually, Samter's my favorite CBS Sports Radio producer, so I'm going <laughs> to wait on him. If that happens. Here comes Samter in the sport coat. Just like, Jamar. I have had the thing, I will admit, uh, you know, I've had people come up and say, can I take a picture? You've been with me, Maggie, before. Yeah. You know, McLovin from Dan Patrick Show. I've had the thing where I thought, can can you take a picture? Where they meant, can you take a picture of me with somebody else? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be of me and the person. I don't know if that guy said, <laughs> oh, can wow. you take a picture? Yes, I can take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. And I put my arm around. No, 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 no. Me and my wife. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> and I should have just said, I'm good. <laughs> maybe that's what Jamar thought. Maybe, maybe he was like, I mean, I was by myself, and maybe he thought I wanted to take it. Because we were near like a very, very nice lunar 
New Year display where I, while he was going into it looked like it was going to be like a Chinese restaurant. So, I mean, it was a beautiful spot where I found him. So maybe he, I mean, maybe that's what happened. Maybe he thought, I might have to take a picture of this jackass. Nope. I'm not doing that. Nope. Nope. No? <laughs> he, just really, he just really thought I was a loser. He was like, there's no way I'm going to take a picture of this clown. EJ, you could have been in front of the Mona Lisa, and he would have known what you were talking about. <laughs> but I didn't know how to tell you nicely. Chad Ochocinco was also not taking a photo with you. You're, you said Chad Ochocinco was with a bunch of women at a Super Bowl party, and you were going to go up and say, excuse me, sir, can I take a picture with you? What was your plan there? So... so that's why I mentioned the point about it. there were a lot of corporate folk. I mean, these were like older women. They look like they they look like they might have been people who worked the event. Oh, like that's okay. how they look. Like they weren't. I don't know how to describe this, but they they clearly were. They were they not the groupies. kind of women that like Chad Ochocinco typically would want to be hanging out with. Yeah. And they walked up to her and, and said, "Oh, well, maybe, I said maybe I can get a picture." And then I was like, "I don't know." I, I paused, and then he was gone. And I was like, "Oh man!" Then I saw Sauce Gardner later, and I thought maybe I can get a picture with him. But then he was. I look like some frat dudes. Maybe they went came from the Phoenix Open. They were talking to him for like thirty minutes. Yeah, and I'm like, I, I'm now I look awkward. I'm standing here waiting to just talk to Sauce Gardner, and I can't even talk to my starting corner because these two, these two, not two, like four or five guys pulled him over, and they just and he looked like he didn't want to hear nothing from these guys. Wow, uh, he's just looking every other way, like, oh yeah, bro, yeah, word, yeah, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, come on, Sauce is done with you guys. Let someone else talk to yeah. him. Yeah. I, by the way, I totally disagree. I think Chad Ochocinco would hook up with a wide variety of women, and I think he would totally go home with these business women. Uh, Linda from sales, like, oh yeah, yeah. you don't think Chad Ochocinco is curious about that? It already happened before you saw him. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you caught the aftermath. Right, post game show. <laughs> this was date. This was the date night. Hey, meanwhile, uh, sorry, Bogus, I know you probably got more headlines. Did you guys see the report? We we're talking about Usher and the halftime show that he got married on Sunday? Yeah. Yes. Wow. So, How do you have time? I mean, on Monday. If I was his wife, I'd be like, so what was the deal with you and Alicia on stage before, <laughs> I, before, I, say, before I say I do? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let's not gloss over what Pete Pilati just said. I said he got married on Sunday. Pete said divorce by Monday. Yeah. Why are you such a cynic? Oh, because I, I, he was divorced on a Monday I, I once. Last time I flew out to Vegas, I was divorced. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but you didn't get on. You did anything bad there? Oh. <laughs> you didn't get on roller skates in front of 120 million people, though. It's a little that, different. Point. It's the only thing you didn't do. He would have done it if it would have expedited the divorce. That's right. <laughs> this is a little bit Vegas. like that guy that that rapper who had the strippers at the Rams game Blue and. Face. Yeah, and he had three strippers in the Rams box and decided to propose to his girlfriend that <laughs> during the game. Who we thought maybe was a stripper, but maybe wasn't. Like we don't, we're still not sure. I thought she was part of the group. Man. Yeah, that's why I think if you're a football player, you want to go with Linda from sales. You know her story. <laughs> well, look, she got a picture with Ocho Cinco, so clearly she was doing something right. It was two of them, proof. by the way. It was two. I was like, wow. Chad, will you take me home? Uh, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, college basketball? No, back to you, Maggie. <laughs> wow, thanks for that. Um, lots more to do, guys. Uh, what haven't we hit yet? Oh, oh, I love what we're going to talk about next. Not more porta potties. No, this is the. It's not the multiverse, but it is a what if we have concerning the Cowboys and this Super Bowl that we just watched on Sunday. We'll get to that next. Maggie and Pearl off CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. All right, we're all a little sad. The NFL regular season and Super Bowl are over. That means NFL offseason. I think, Maggie, one of the most interesting teams is going to be the Steelers. Talking about them today, they cut backup quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. I think you're leaning towards Justin Fields is a great answer. I like that a lot. EJ likes Russell Wilson. I think those are both good solutions. I think they want to support Kenny Pickett. So they're going to bring in Ryan Tannehill, who they know Kenny Pickett can beat. I think that's the most likely scenario. Uh, But JW in Western New York has some different ideas on the Steelers. All right, JW, what's going to happen in Pittsburgh this offseason? What do you think? Well, first off, I want to say that they're not going to fire Cayenne because he didn't draft Pickett. Colbert did. So mm. that you can throw that one right out the, the window. You guys were talking about that before. Uh, I, I personally think that they're not going to bring in uh, Trubisky Part uh, Chapter 2 when it, with uh, Tannehill. Not at 35 years old. Uh, the sad part about this is going uh, is going to be the uh, Mason Rudolph story because more than likely he will do a uh, uh, who's the who was the running back for the Steelers that went to the Jets. He'll end up going to some Le'Veon? other club. Uh, yeah, he'll he'll end up going to some other club. And being 28 years old, if it's a if it's a club with a bad fit, he'll be out of football in two years. I actually think Rudolph would be better off staying with the Steelers. Uh, as far as uh, Fields was the only one that can make any kind of sense out of this, they're not going to take 35-year-old uh, Seattle Seahawks uh, Denver quarterback Russell Wilson because he can't throw downfield. That would be money thrown away, too. I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, Cayenne's pretty smart. Um, they're already cutting a bunch of people. They have a they have about three other uh, uh, free agents coming up where they can uh, – Lap some money off their cap, so uh, I think it's wide open. I I, I think that they, they they're going to be uh, they're going to have a pretty bright future if he drafts like he did and and the free agency picked up last year. Uh, I just think okay, that, but the question <laughs> is who's going to be the quarterback? I mean, and and thank you so Maggie, much for the phone call. Maggie, I appreciate. It. No, I I know that I'm sure they want Pickett to be the guy, but you're going to be going into year three. You do have a new offensive coordinator. I mean, maybe that helps uh, having Arthur Smith. It's going to be, I mean, a somewhat conservative game plan. I have to imagine, Perloff. I, I just, I don't see the good solution here for the Steelers if it's not Justin Fields. You know, uh, and he does bring up a good point. Omar Khan technically did not run that draft, but isn't it the, it's the same administration? It's not like, like this is Steelers. They've been the same. He was underneath Colbert yes, when they the draft. Building. Yeah, I mean, it's like okay. Eric DaCosta and uh, yeah, yeah. But anyway, that that is a good point. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of what Omar Khan's draft last year was crazy good. Broderick Jones and um, Joey Porter Jr. How Joey Porter Jr. lasted the second round is the miracle of the NFL draft to me. Because what do you get a shutdown cornerback with long arms? I picked them to go to the Super Bowl. I think they have all this talent. Uh, 
I, I do think, however, you, you know how it is, Mag. We've seen worst quarterbacks in Kenny Pickett or first-round picks be protected. Remember Sam Darnold here in New York? Yeah. Uh, I think the Niners tried to make it work with Trey Lance, even though they reportedly were not seeing it in practice. Teams go to great lengths. So you, can you really bring in Justin Fields and have a competition with Kenny Pickett? Because who do you think is going to win that competition? Well, I mean, I think the Fields is going to win it. But what's interesting is you it's so rare, and the Bears are in this unique position where I'm sure they want to recoup some draft capital, and they have the number one overall pick sitting there. So, you know, you can make, can you get a second rounder for Justin Fields from the Pittsburgh Steelers? I think that's a good investment from the Steelers. You well, that, know? that means pick it out. If you give a second rounder for Fields, then you can't, I mean, you have to make a decision there. I don't think they're ready to rip that bandaid. Maybe not, but again, like you just got to take it, seize the opportunity. See, the cool thing about Pickett, though, and Fields is they're both still cheap. So the Russell Wilson is a little bit more, a little more difficult because there's some gymnastics Big that have time. to go on with the cap. But these two guys would be relatively cheap, even if you pick up the fifth year option for Fields. It's going to be like 18 million. That's nothing for quarterbacks these days. You're not going to like this. Yeah, but you could make an argument that Ryan Tannehill did make an AFC title game. With a when? run for, with a, well, I don't know, what was that, four years ago? Five years ago? But he's that old. I mean, what's the difference between 35-year-old Ryan Tannehill and 31-year-old Ryan Tannehill? Well, I'd rather have Mason Rudolph in that sense because he's I, somebody who I know, and if it's just going to be for the backup quarterback spot anyway, then I'm with JW. Just get, keep, keep Mason Rudolph in the building. Really? I, I think I would lean Tannehill with a busy nose Arthur Smith system. Tannehill's fine. He's average. He's mediocre. He's he, he, yeah, we said Joe Flacco was washed. Then we he went out there. <laughs> Why would he be washed? Like He's only it's just fun. a matter He'll of opportunity. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I think that team was washed. I think Ryan Tannehill. He's thirty five right now. Why would Ryan Tannehill's skills erode so much? What's the difference between thirty five year old and twenty nine year old Ryan Tannehill? I just, I don't think he, neither one of them are make me that interested. <laughs> in, to be honest, again, I'd rather have Rudolph. I know at least my wide receivers like him. Well, okay. Arthur Smith's coming there. Tannehill could be a coach on the field, too. I think it's going to be Tannehill. I think it's inevitable. Justin Fields would be more exciting. How you doing there? What's, okay. what's the inch count? Let the record show. It's now snowed nine inches in this course of this show alone, and it is not stopping. Wait, you made that up. I don't I see a ruler. How do you know I'll, it's nine inches? I will get the ruler out. Don't worry about it. Thank you, EJ Stewart. Thank you to Pete Pilati, Andrew Kaplan, Andrew Bogish, all the widows, the coffee drinkers, the callers. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.